Welcome to this exciting sermon from World Impact Community Church. We hope you enjoy this message. For more sermons and resources, please do visit us at wscc.in. Today I'd like to look at a scripture from the book of Romans and chapter 13 and verse 11. The Bible says, do this knowing the time that it is already the hour for you to awaken from your sleep. For now, salvation is nearer to us than when we first believed. Salvation is nearer to us than when we first believed. People of God, I believe the love of God has been tremendous upon our lives and the way God has led us and ministered to us all these years. The Bible says that it has been God's pleasure to create us. It has been his joy to save us for the joy set before him endured the cross. It has been God's heart that his love is the reason why we are born again today. But the Bible says, there's a verse that says that, that our salvation is nearer than when we first begin. Now, what would exactly would that mean? What does it really mean to say that this salvation is nearer than when we first began? How can it be nearer than when we first began? Aren't we saved the day we got saved and received Jesus? How can we be saved and salvation be nearer than when we first began? Is that a possibility? Or uh, the Bible says that we are saved by the grace of God. Isn't it a past event? Then what is the Bible talking about in Romans 13 and verse 11? So how can salvation come nearer if you're already saved? Am I already saved or am I really actually going to be saved? Let us look at some of these concepts from the scripture today and we're going to build into it. Salvation, according to the word of God, is an act of being saved from our sin or you know, the destruction that is going to come upon people that have turned away from the God of heaven. Now, the Bible says that God himself wants to save us because God loves us. God is a God of love and salvation is the is the gift that God gives. It's a free gift of God. It is not earned by us. It is It doesn't belong to us by right. It is the free gift of God that God is giving to us. Uh, the word salvation has many different meanings. It comes in fact from a Latin word called salvere. It means to save. Many different faiths have different ideas about salvation. But let's look at what the Christian faith, what the Bible teaches about salvation. The Bible calls salvation is the saving of our human beings from death from eternal death and separation from God and the resurrection and the justification that is going to happen in our, to our lives because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. He paid the penalty for our sin. In the Hebrew, the word salvation comes from a word called Yeshua. The word Yeshua is the word salvation in the Hebrew. It means to be actually delivered from trouble or to be delivered from our enemies. In fact, in the Hebrew, the word Yeshua has two meanings, two primary meanings. Most of the Old Testament, the Hebrew word Yeshua is used for uh, a deliverance or a physical safety from enemies or, or from difficult circumstances. It is a salvation from trouble or a salvation from danger. The word Yeshua in the Hebrew is a, is a word which means to get relief from a dangerous circumstance or to be rescued from an enemy or maybe even from illness that God has 
saved me from that illness or God has saved me from the grave, rescued from the grave or rescued from death. In fact, the name Joshua in the, in the English comes from the Hebrew word Yehoshua, which is Yahweh is my Yeshua. Yahweh, God is my salvation. Joshua comes from Yehoshua, which means God is my salvation, my savior. So if it, if that is the case, oftentimes in the Hebrew, we see that that word has been used again and again and again to refer to how God comes in and God saves his people from difficult times and difficult circumstances. Second Samuel 22 and verse 3, we see the Bible says, My God, my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold and my refuge, my savior, you saved me from violence. What a powerful word, my horn of my salvation. You are the one, the, the one that is the, is the horn of my salvation. You are the one that brings about me, my safety. You see the, the saints of old in the Old Testament, they oftentimes were surrounded by enemies. David said, when I'm surrounded by enemies, you hide me in the cleft of the rock. You are my salvation. They knew God to be their salvation. Of course, in the Jewish uh, religion, the Jewish faith, their salvation used to be by following the Ten Commandments. And that is why whenever they used the word Yeshua, it meant that God saved them from trouble. But nevertheless, the Hebrew word is not fully devoid of the deeper spiritual meanings of salvation. The Hebrew word Yeshua, though it is not a dominant concern in the spiritual realms of salvation in the Old Testament, it is by no means absent. You see that in the Old Testament, we see in the book of Ezekiel, the prophets were very concerned about the salvation of the people. Ezekiel was concerned about Israel and that they would be spiritually restored back to God. And so that is what Ezekiel called salvation. Ezekiel stressed the need for salvation from uncleanliness and iniquity and or, and going after other forms of worship and going after other gods. Ezekiel cried out to the Israeli, to the Jewish people and told them, why are you going after other gods? Come back to the God of Israel. Come back to the God of Israel. Here salvation was a calling of God's people back into a walk with God, with their hearts afresh to renew their spirit, to be kindled with a new spirit, which finally empowered God's people to once again read the Torah and again walk with God. So in the Hebrew, salvation had two meanings. One was to protect from trouble and the second one was to be restored back to God. Salvation in the Greek has a very different word and the meanings are multifaceted and the New Testament was written in the Greek. So every time when Simeon said, my eyes have beheld your salvation and it's written in the Greek, it was a far deeper meaning than just rescuing from trouble or returning back to God, uh, you know, from uncleanly, uh, unclean ways or ungodly ways or from, uh, you know, uh, things that God would not sanction. The word in the, for salvation in the Greek is a word called soteria. And we often think of the English word salvation, we think of it in a much narrow way of being able to be taken to heaven by God, to not be left behind in eternal damnation and hell and just 
to go to heaven. We think salvation is our ticket to heaven. But salvation in the word of God is so much more than just a ticket to heaven. The word soteria comes from a Greek word, a root word called sozo. What is this sozo in the Greek? The word sozo in the Greek for salvation, yeah, it's a, it's a root meaning goes so much beyond just forgiveness of sin. According to the, the scriptures, uh, when we look at the Greek, the word sozo, which has been translated in the New Testament, it means firstly, to be saved or to be saved, to save or to be saved. Which means God comes in spiritually and gives us salvation primarily. They that call upon the Lord shall be saved. That includes we will be forgiven of our sins and we'll be ready for takeoff to heaven. But it doesn't stop there. Salvation means that God is our salvation. He is our safety. He is our ever present help in time of need. When God says God is your salvation. God is saying I'm Emmanuel. I am God with you. I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. Even in the deepest moments when you felt you're all alone, God, Emmanuel, is with you. He is for you. He is not against you. When God is your salvation, God is with you. God is for you. He loves you. He wants to come and be with you. He wants to make you his dwelling place. That's why he wants to put the Holy Spirit of God inside of you. Hallelujah. What a joy to know that God wants me to enjoy his salvation. He wants to make you and me the temple of the Holy Spirit. So God wants us to be saved or saved. He wants us to be in safety. But salvation has got a very powerful meaning. And this is the meaning I really want to talk about. The word sozo actually means to be restored back to wholeness. To be made complete again. To be brought completely back into wholeness. A totality, a safety that you're coming back into. A wholeness. That, which means God wants to make you whole in spirit. He wants your spirit to be saved. He wants to make you whole in your mind. He doesn't want you to be dysfunctional in your thinking. He wants you to have the thoughts of God. He wants you to think the way Christ would think. Do you know when you are, are enjoying salvation, you have an inheritance in which you have a right to think the thoughts of God. You have a right to think like God would think because you are a child of God. A child of a home will think like the culture of the home. When we are part of God's home and maybe we came from a broken home and we have a dysfunctional thinking. You as a child of God, you have a right to think like the household of faith. So when we become saved, praise God, we are saved and salvation comes into our life. We have the right to think like the household of faith. God wants to us make us spiritually whole. Secondly, God wants us to make us um, you know, whole in our mind, in our will, in our, uh, that we would be able to think like the household of faith. Thirdly, God wants us to make us whole in our body. Salvation is not only about going to heaven. Salvation is also about God's supernatural power available today for you and me 
to be healed completely by the power of God. I sense today there is a power present to heal. Even as we are ministering today, I believe there is an anointing of God present to heal because of salvation. You have an inheritance in your salvation to be healed. It is your birthright to be healed. It is your birthright to walk in wholeness. It is your birthright to walk in healing. It is your birthright to walk with a sound mind. That is why the Bible says God has not given you a spirit of fear. He's given you a spirit of love, of power and a sound mind. You can have a sound mind. You can have a storm around, but you will have stillness inside because of your salvation. If you would allow the salvation of God to take over your life, you would live with a sound mind. To be whole is sozo. Sozo is to be whole. Think of yourself being restored back to wholeness. It's amazing. It's powerful. You're being restored back to wholeness and, and being healed in your body, being healed and, 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 and reconstructed in your mind and being healed and saved and made whole in your spirit, connected to the spirit of God. Salvation means to be delivered from your enemies. That in a spiritual sense, the enemy is the devil, which means when you are saved, when you have salvation, no work of the devil shall prosper against you. You shall not be afraid of the devil. The devil shall be afraid of you. Hallelujah. For I have given you authority, Jesus said, to trample over snakes and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Nothing shall harm you. You know nothing shall harm you. Hallelujah. This is what the Bible says about your salvation, that you will stand up in front of the devil. You know, when, when a demoniac woman was, was prophesying out of evil spirits, Apostle Paul was passing by. The moment he passed by she looked at him and said that is a man of God you know he's a servant of the most high God she recognized his salvation I want you to know that wherever you go when you walk under the power of the Holy Spirit demons will recognize your salvation hallelujah they will recognize the power of God in you that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit if you will build your inner man if you will walk in that salvation I'm going to talk about that in a little while how you and I God is calling us to walk in that salvation but praise God salvation is to be made whole to be healed to be delivered from our enemies in a spiritual sense the devil is our enemy we have no physical enemies man is not our enemy the devil and his demons are our enemies salvation is to be restored back so the moment I'm saying I am saved I'm saying I'm restored back to the full purposes of God I'm saying I'm being restored back to the household of faith I'm saying I'm restored back to the family of God I'm saying I'm restored back as a son of God I'm saying I'm being restored back as the mighty servant of God. I'm saying I'm being restored back to the work of God. When I say I'm saved, I'm saying I'm restored back to the power of God. I'm restored back to the authority of God. Because all this is there in the family of God. The moment you say Jesus is my salvation, you are saying I am not my past man. I am a restored man. I'm restored back to the wholeness of God. Praise God. Hallelujah. And when I say I'm being saved, God is my salvation. I also mean not only am I restored back for a work here on earth to live powerfully here, 
When I say God is my salvation, I also mean to say the meaning of the word salvation has a powerful meaning that I am now being preserved for a future glory. Hallelujah. The moment I say I'm saved, that God is my salvation, that the cross of Jesus Christ became my salvation. I am saying not only is my past saved, not only am I now being restored back to wholeness, not only am I forgiven from sin, not only am I being restored back to wholeness, but now I am being preserved when I say I'm sozo, I'm saying I'm being preserved for a future glory. I'm being preserved for a greater plan in the days ahead. I'm being preserved for a great commission. I'm being preserved for a new heaven, a new Jerusalem. I'm being preserved for the power of the Holy Spirit upon my life so that not only will I live in power here in the fullness of the Holy Spirit, that you and I, that we can live in the power of God and God will entrust us. Jesus said, I'm going to my father in my father house there are many mansions if it were not so I would not have told you the moment that you and I are saying we are saved we are saying you and I are being preserved for the days to come for a mighty plan of God hallelujah so let's look at salvation further broadly speaking one might say that salvation is the overriding theme of the whole bible that this whole bible is a is a theme about how God had put out an outpost of heaven's kingdom and how man had lost that outpost and how God came to save man which was God's treasure and to save the outpost back from the enemy of God who is the devil. But since the theme of salvation is so multifaceted and multidimensional with a wide range of meanings, simple definition of the word salvation is not very easy. It's really not very easy. The biblical uh, authors, they tried to speak about the salvation uh, in many different places. And this is why some preachers get confused when they take one portion of scripture and they build a theology out of it. The Bible authors, they spoke about salvation as a reality. It was something they were living in as a, as a spiritual reality, a physical reality, an emotional reality, and a mental reality or a soul, a reality that healed the psychological aspects of their body. There was a community reality for the people of Israel. There was a global reality for the Gentile world. Salvation had an objective reality about the restoration of the kingdom of God and the Great Commission. Had a subjective reality. You see, the word of God in the salvation had a present purpose and an eternal promise. Salvation is a total package, if you may. It's not just about saying, Jesus, come into my heart so that I can go to heaven. That is such, such a narrow view of salvation. Since the Bible authors, when they viewed salvation, most of the Bible authors were people from Israel and of course a few others that came alongside in the new covenant. But the people of Israel, you know, they wrote the Bible over a a period of 1,600 years, 40 different authors, all inspired by the Holy Spirit, you know, of which many books, you know, Uh, 39 of them written in the Old Testament and 27 of them written in the New. And yet a beautiful harmony of a storyline about this great salvation. Because when we study salvation, it is not a momentary thing that happens. I just prayed the sinner's prayer. In fact, you'd be surprised to know not one place in the Bible. And am I aware in the New Testament? 
Not one place in the Bible am I aware in the New Testament. I hope you're ready for this. Not one place in the Bible am I aware in the New Testament where someone asked someone, repeat the sinner's prayer after me and you'll be saved. Not one place. In fact, what did the apostles do? They challenged everybody to give up their former manner of life and to receive Jesus as their savior from their past, Lord of their present and judge of their future. Salvation brought Jesus, three aspects of Jesus together. It brought the the past aspect of him being savior, the present aspect of him being my Lord, and the future aspect of him being our judge. Salvation says, I am forgiven my past and because he is my savior, I am clear about how I am going to live my present because he is my Lord. And I am looking forward to my future because he is my judge and he is going to find me faithful. Praise God. Salvation is a process with a beginning and an end. Further salvation, in fact, holds a a paradox, if you may, in the way that people are going to be saved. We are both saved by our human freedom to accept Jesus Christ as our personal savior on one side. There is a human freedom to accept Jesus or to reject him. And yet there is also the other paradox where we are saved by God's divine choice. Some people want to fight over, is it by our choice or is it by his choice? I want you to know salvation is by both. If he had not chosen us, we would never have a choice. We would never able be able to choose him. And if we had not responded in humility, the Bible says it is not God's will that anyone should be lost, that all should come to the saving grace of Jesus Christ. If he had not saved us, we would never be able. If he had not called us, we would never be able to respond to that call. So salvation involves the paradox of our human freedom and our divine election from God. In spite of the various aspects about this great salvation, yet the Bible presents the salvation in such a simple way that ordinary fishermen by the Sea of Galilee could understand it. And yet it has so complex that great learned minds through the centuries have tried to wrap their minds around it and found it hard. To be saved is so simple that a little child can can go down on his knees and ask Jesus to come into his life as his savior, Lord and judge. But it can be so complex and so powerful that people of old have looked into it and great minds and theologians have studied it for centuries and it has left them baffled. But this is God's intention. All through, God wants the simplicity of the gospel of salvation to be available to all of mankind. And the beautiful thing is, through all of this salvation, Jesus, God of heaven, is the main player. He is the main person who is working out the salvation for us. All the way from the beginning in the Garden of Eden, from Adam and Eve's life, all the way till the last scene in the New Jerusalem, it will be God all the way.
He is the Alpha and He is the Omega of our salvation. Salvation is about God bringing about a great deliverance to buy back a great possession, a treasure of God that He saw in people that are created in His image, the people of God. Salvation is about your freedom and my freedom to live in the freedom of God as the sons of God. So what really is salvation? We see salvation as we saw in the word sozo, but practically it plays out in four different aspects. The first aspect of salvation as it plays out in the, in the practical application of the word is a, a salvation for people in trouble. We looked at the Hebrew word that the salvation was meant, was used as when somebody is in trouble, that God would be their salvation. Psalm 71 and verse 3 says, Be to me a rock of habitation to which I may continually come. You have given me, given commandment to save me. For you are my rock and my fortress. The psalmist said, for you have given a commandment to save me. Which means, I know that my God has commanded heaven and earth to be moved to save me. They enjoyed the protection of God. Israel looked to God many times. They called on God. They looked to God. And then they expected God to be their salvation. In Second Chronicles chapter 20, when Jehoshaphat, his army of Judah was being surrounded by many armies. He cried out and said, God, are you not the God that has created the heavens and the earth? Have you not in the past for, fought for Israel and delivered us? Will you not one more time save us? Will you not deliver us? That is salvation. That was the salvation of the Lord that the kings of the land were looking forward to. Psalm 86 and verse 2 says, Preserve my soul for I am a godly man. O you my God, save your servant who trusts in you. You see that they were looking to God for protection. So the first way in which they manifested salvation was where they looked to God for protection. The second application of this word salvation is seen in reference to the nation of Israel in the Bible. Where the Bible would say that Israel called unto the Lord and said God Yahweh is their salvation. He was their Yeshua. He was their salvation. He was the one that was going to come in and save them. And uh, all that call on the name of the Lord, that Israel would call on God as their Yeshua. Deuteronomy chapter 33 and verse 29, the Bible says, Blessed are you, O Israel, who is like you, a people Yeshua by the Lord, a people saved by the Lord. Who is the shield of your help and the sword of your majesty? So your enemies will cringe before you and you will tread upon their high places. They saw God to be their salvation. This is not as an individual. This is where a whole nation of Israel who was a nation called by Yahweh God to be a model nation to the world. How a nation could walk with God. And the Bible says that God had covenanted with them that God would be their salvation. That if anything, any nation would come against them, if they would walk with God, that God would stand up on behalf of Israel. And they have seen many, many times how God has stood on their behalf, both in yesteryears in Bible times and also now from the time they have become a nation in modern times. They have seen somehow the hand of God come to save them. They have seen the protection of God, a supernatural protection of God upon that nation because they have looked to the Lord. The Bible says God is their shield of help and their strong, the, the sword of their majesty. 
Israel in the wilderness was a type of salvation. You see, when, when, when the sons of Jacob had sojourned with Jacob into Egypt because of the famine and Joseph was there, they were there for 430 years and they were now treated as slaves. And the Pharaoh that came after did not remember Joseph, did not know about Joseph and made the people of Israel because they're shepherds and the Egyptians, they loathed the shepherds. So they made these shepherd people that were nomads or immigrants into their nation. They were treated as a minority. They were treated as immigrants into their land. And so they were put down and they were treated badly. And they, because of that, they cried out unto the God of Israel and God heard them. Yeshua heard them the God who saves them the Yehoshua the, the the God who is their salvation heard them and the Bible says they began a journey he sent the ten plagues and delivered Israel from Egypt and as they came out into the wilderness God was their salvation in the wilderness the Bible says that they were baptized into the cloud and baptized into the waters of the Red Sea. They parted to, they passed through the parted waters because God was their Yeshua. They walked under the provision of heaven because God was their Yeshua. They walked under the protection of God because God was their Yeshua. The sun would not strike them by day, nor would the, the, the you know, pestilence in the darkness because God was their Yeshua. He was going before them in the wilderness. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, when the Bible compares the New Testament church, he compares them to Israel in the wilderness. Because when Israel was passing through the wilderness, God was their Yeshua. And also so much, so much that when they turned away from God in the wilderness, God could not be their salvation anymore because they turned to other gods and they rebelled against God of heaven and they rebelled and they and they obeyed uh, you know the gods of Egypt and they went back to the rebellion uh, that the Bible talks about they longed for the things of their past life when God had promised them a land flowing with milk and honey and many times we believers are also like that but Israel has been notorious again and again and again as a nation from turning away from Yeshua their salvation the Yeshua, the Yehoshua, the, the Yahweh who is their salvation. The Yahweh who is their Yeshua, the safety, the protection. Israel in the wilderness was going into the promised land. That was also a journey. They left Egypt. That was the beginning of their salvation. How God with a mighty and strong arm brought them out of Egypt. But God had to bring them into the promised land. And that was a journey of a, a short journey into Canaan. Because of their rebellion and disobedience and because they were not ready for the warfare. The Bible says because they were not ready for war. That's why 40 years they had to go in circles in the wilderness. They sojourned in the wilderness because they were not ready for getting into the promised land. And in the same way the Christian life is also a journey. But the Bible calls Israel as a people or for whom God had planned the great and mighty salvation. The anticipated salvation that God had planned for Israel was also written by the, in the prophets, by the, in the prophetic books, where we see that there is a, there is a, a fulfillment in the New Testament of what Israel saw as they were saved out of Egypt and brought into the promised land. The prophets begin to anticipate God is going to do something new. There was another level. While salvation 
you know where god was saving israel from slavery in egypt into a covenant relationship with god and was asking them will you now walk with me that was their salvation that was bringing them out of a land of slavery and bringing them into the promised land god had saved israel in the past and god was saving them again and again every time the enemies would come against israel israel could expect a great and mighty salvation whatever else salvation might be from a biblical perspective the dimension of a powerful salvation for the nation of israel has been there is there and will continue to be there do you know when jesus comes back he's going to come and land on mount zion with 144000 saints the called the faithful and the chosen and when he comes back he's going to land in the land of israel he's going to come back on mount olive he's going to come back in israel he's going to come back for israel he's going to come back that particular return is going to be for the nation of israel we have to understand god's salvation is for israel in psalm 69 and verse 35 the bible says for god will save zion and build the cities of judah that they may dwell there and possess it that day he will save zion and that's why he's coming back on mount zion some 106 and 47 says save us o lord and gather us from the nations to give thanks to your holy name and glory in your praise for centuries together the israelites could not even imagine that one day the prophecies of the bible will come to pass for centuries together they were spread out because of their own rebellion the assyrians took israel and went away babylon took judah and went away and they could not even imagine for many 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 centuries their return but god of heaven had mocked israel and from the nations in the year 1948 israel came back as a nation and nations came against them but god's covenant still remains with israel that god is saying i will be your salvation god is a salvation to the people of israel it does not matter even if he died on the cross for the sins of the whole world and he's got a salvation for the world he's still a salvation for the people of israel and today god is still involved in the salvation of israel god used people in the past like joseph and he used noah uh, to save the whole world and he used joseph to save israel and he used esther and he used you know people in the bible that god had raised up he used moses to bring them out with a great and mighty salvation despite the importance of these great people that god used many people say our our great father moses and our great you know joseph in spite of all these great people david and moses and all that god still remains as the central figure as the central person of the salvation of israel the third aspect of salvation is about our individual salvation from sin and this is available both for the jew and it's available for the gentile it is available both in our spiritual salvation and it is also available for our physical healing hallelujah first timothy chapter 2 verse 3 and 4 says this is good and acceptable in the sight of god our savior who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. God wants everybody to be spiritually saved. This is the third aspect of salvation. The third aspect of salvation is about our individual salvation from sin. I do not need to tell you so much about that. The object of this salvation is that God is sovereign. He wants to save you and me and by his mercy 
He has forgiven us our sins. By his grace, he empowered us to be forgiven and rise again in a spiritual death into spiritual life because of his finished work on the cross. He is the only mediator. There is no other name in heaven or earth by which a man shall be saved except by the name of Jesus Christ. This movement of Jesus' life going to the cross and, and the resurrection of Jesus, it's that this Christ, this death on the cross becomes the foundation of our salvation and his resurrection that a blameless sacrifice. He who knew no sin became sin for you and me that we might now become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. God demonstrated his great love for us by sending his son Jesus Christ to die on the cross. So sozo is to be made whole, to be forgiven our sins, to be given authority of the devil, and to be healed of our diseases. Many people are afraid to speak about this truth, and they're afraid to speak about this truth because they don't see healing happen. Simply because we don't see something manifesting itself, it does not mean that it is not there. Today we are seeing God heal people supernaturally. We are seeing God supernaturally sending his word and healing. Sozo means saved and sozo means healed. You cannot preach about salvation without accepting that the word sozo means healed also. Who forgives all your sins, Psalm 103 says, and heals all your diseases. Who redeems my life from the pit. And he, you know, he crowns my day with plenty. The Bible is talking about our salvation, not only to save us from our sin, but also to deliver us from the power of the devil and to heal our physical bodies from sickness. God is a healer. He is Jehovah Rapha. Even today, he is our salvation. The moment you say that he is my salvation, you are proclaiming he is my healer. You cannot say Jesus is my salvation and not be able to say that Jesus is my healer. Because salvation for the personal life is about our spirit being born again. It is about our bodies being healed. And it's about a great commission coming on our life with which we are going to preach the gospel. It's about our nature being transformed into the nature of Jesus Christ. Our physical side of healing also goes beyond into God transforming our nature into salvation. You know, there's a when salvation came, today salvation has come to your house, Jesus tells Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus goes out and he gives, you know, his wealth to the poor. And he says, I will return back four times. Salvation transforms your heart. Salvation is not about taking you to heaven alone. Salvation is about healing your body. Salvation is about changing your heart to become a man that is going after God's heart. Salvation is about being transformed from with deep repentance where you now also care about the poor. Salvation, you know, in the Bible, God cares about the poor where there is a compassionate side about our salvation. That when we see the hungry, we want to feed them. When we see the lonely, we want to stand with them. When we want to see the unsaved, we want to share the gospel with them. When we want to see the sick, we want to pray deliverance for them. When we see the deliver, when we see the de- those that are tormented by demons, we want to cast those demons out and set them free because salvation is a whole package. And that is what God is calling you and me for. When you look in the Bible, this is the package of salvation. That we were, Adam and Eve lost their authority on earth. They lost the kingdom. And then one day Jesus comes back. He dies on the cross for the sins of mankind, for Adam and Eve. And he calls us back to be a people redeemed so that we can now represent Jesus Christ. In the storyline of a kingdom, 
It's a story about the creation of man. It's a Bible is a story about the fall of man, the righteousness of God, the justice of God satisfied on the cross because of God's righteousness that demanded wrath. And then God himself stepped in that place to satisfy his wrath because of the love of God. He took your place and my place. If he had just ignored the justice of God, the righteousness of God, he would have been impartial. He wouldn't be righteous. He had to punish sin. And but because he is love, he also stepped in and he he said let me take the wrath God's wrath he took on himself that is the salvation of God and with that he redeemed you and me salvation is described as a mystery of God that is now being revealed it's described as a plan conceived before the foundations of the earth Ephesians 1 3 to 14 it's described as a light of revelation to the Gentiles Luke 2 30 to 32 salvation is a transition from death to life in John 5 24 salvation is a message for sinners in Mark's gospel 2 17 it is a gift of grace through faith not by works Ephesians 2 verse 8 and 9 salvation is for the whole is, is what the whole creation is groaning for Romans and chapter 8 22 salvation is a revelation of God's righteousness to faith Romans 1 16 and 17 salvation is the justification that comes through faith Romans 8, uh, chapter 4 and verse 22 to 25 Salvation is your and my reconciliation, 2 Corinthians 5, 18 and 19. Salvation is your and my redemption, Romans 8, 23. Salvation is your and my spiritual birth, a birth which is from God, by which you and I can enter the kingdom of heaven, John's gospel 3, verse 1 to 11. Salvation means you and I are today dead to our old life and we are free from sin in Romans 6. A new perspective of how we are going to live. We are a new creation in Romans 5, 16 and 17. We are at peace with God in Romans 5, 1. We are adopted as the children of God in Galatians 4, 4. We are baptized into Christ's death in Romans 6, 4. And we are resurrected into a newness of life because of that death. And today we have the Holy Spirit of God. In us because of Romans and chapter 5 and chapter 8, we have the Holy Ghost. Salvation is an amazing plan of God. And first John 3:8, the Bible says, He who practices sin, this is the fourth point. He who practices sin is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. The Son of Man has appeared for this purpose to destroy the works of the devil. The fourth reason why God has brought about salvation is because salvation is about a kingdom of God that is here to destroy the works of the devil and to take the kingdom back unto God. The fourth manifestation of salvation is when Jesus came back to destroy the works of the devil. Praise God. Today Jesus is teaching salvation in connection to the kingdom. He preached salvation saying, this kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is at hand. And I want you to know, you cannot preach salvation without preaching the kingdom. Because what are we saved from? We are saved from the wrath of God. And now we are pulled out of the kingdom of darkness and we are restored back into the kingdom of heaven. There is no salvation without preaching the kingdom of heaven. That is why Jesus proclaimed the kingdom of God is at hand. Salvation is about you and I being forgiven, being cancelled every debt from the kingdom of darkness and given new citizenship in the kingdom of heaven. That is why the disciples said, 
to Jesus in Mark 10. He said, when he taught about the kingdom, who then can be saved, he said. And he said, today, today in Luke 4, 21, he said, the, the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing because it is about a great and mighty salvation. And I want you to know if the salvation is about these four things. It's about a physical protection. A salvation in the Old Testament Hebrews was about a physical protection. Secondly, it was about salvation in the Bible was about a call to a nation of Israel that God was going to be their God. Thirdly, salvation is about you and me. How God wants to save us and he wants to forgive us our sins and make us the sons of God. And finally, salvation is about the kingdom of God being established back and the kingdom of the devil being destroyed. Oh, what a mighty great in salvation. That's why I want you to know, because salvation is all of this. I'm going to continue as I minister in the coming week that you will understand that this salvation is nearer than when we first began. God bless you and walk in the salvation in this coming week, even as you walk under the authority of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for listening to this sermon. For more sermons, please do visit us at wicc.in.